1: Welcome back to EXPN, your home for up-to-date coverage of the League of Ultimate Questing. I'm the mechanical marvel, Paige theta And I'm just Warren Rusborough. Don't sell yourself short, Warren. You're THE Warren Ruspero, The only one in all the cosmos. Now that's an accomplishment. Actually, there is another Warren Ruspero who's also a deep dwarf on Sigma P90. He makes bespoke dirigibles for the grotesquely wealthy. Still one of two? Ain't hey bad. To his credit, Sigma P90, better known as the Bottomless Oligarchy, has been without a traversable surface since the Regalus Mining Concern extracted the last square inch of the Herald's Acre back in 68, making dirigibles a truly recession-proof industry. Meanwhile, the Wainwrights of the world are left without much ground to stand on. Actually, the Wainwright family acquired Regalus Mining Concern in Ought 9. I was making a joke, Warren. I know, but it was such low-hanging fruit, I decided to just cruise past it. Speaking of cruises, sources say the Fallow Crown are taking a much-needed vacation to the Fae Spoke of Kinuit, home of the breathtaking Golden Waterfall. As long as they don't take a golden shower, I'm sure their trip will be a relaxing one. Indeed. I can't imagine being pelted with gold to be pleasant at all. No, Paige. Golden showers. Uh, Never mind. Ah, more of that, I see. Dirk must be rubbing off on you. You have no idea how accurate that statement is. I found him in my bed this morning, sleep-eating a bag of caldrops. I'm surprised he can still move around with a hole in his critical systems. Apparently, Dirk's abdominals are as indomitable as his spirit. Meanwhile, my spirits are waiting. Because if he gets better, he comes back to work. But if he doesn't, he continues to dribble his insufferable juices all over your carefully pressed slacks. You truly are a machine purpose-built for reporting the facts.
2: The King of Cups lays before you on his massive, velvet fainting couch, his corpulent form draped over it. He smiles, a warm smile which does not reach his eyes.
3: The fellow Crown, an absolute delight to have you. Mm. We've been expecting you for some time, and the fates seem to have benefited us by having you just at the right
1: moment. Slight nod of the head in reverence. Uh, Your majesty?
3: <laughs> yes, I suppose that's what I am majestic indeed. <laughs> it's an honor, king. I am the king of cups. You've got that right. I assumed I, my reputation was out of me.
4: Sorry it took so long to finally come here. Oh, Penny,
3: you've arrived just when you were supposed to, and not a moment sooner.
4: I'm
1: glad to hear it. it. Sounds like he's trying to swallow a rib bone. <laughs> <sighs> I have a gift for a lot of you,
3: if you'll take it.
2: You hear a series of metallic clinks against the wooden floors, and a gold tourine lumbers forward. It lifts its own lid, and inside are four each of a crystal key, a crystal bell, and a single crystal chip, which shimmers in the manner
5: of quintessence.
6: I'm going to lean over to. Gaspar really quick and say,
5: are you trying to trick me? In this case, I would say it's a very kind trick.
6: I will happily grab Uh, as many as I can. I'm
5: going to just put my
1: hand on your hand real quick. And these are given freely.
6: Leah, Someone
3: knows our game.
1: (laughs) You honor us. Grab away, Middy McGee. (laughs) But if I'm being completely honest, there is a price.
3: Do I have to sing again? We have a job for you. A very important job, but we can discuss that later. Believe me, we will discuss it later. Uh, you can take them anyway, but
4: you'll have to hear our pitch. Of course. What are they?
3: Well, you see, the key is your security clearance, it is also your access to your room. It also grants you, uh, let's say, what do you call gotta- it? You can do things. You can do things others might not be allowed to do. VIP treatment. Yes, that's the word. Very important player.
1: Oh,
3: sorry. I've dropped my fork.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you wouldn't cut it and just lull the fork thing. (laughs) Literal ambience.
3: Uh, See, I could never find the last of my... My (laughs)
1: fingers are all wet with gravy. (laughs) The barrel can be
3: used to summon assistance of any kind from any staff member. And the chip is
2: worth one quin. I'm going to ring the bell. Yes. Can only have a drink. Yes. Ah! <laughs> he lifts his hand and that same cup, which was eagerly trying to get back into his hand, instead lumbers over to you. I'm going to just pick it up and drink out it. You pick it up and in any of their hands, it might be a little large, but for you, it's a little on the hefty side. Uh, It seems to wriggle with excitement in your fingers and as you tip it back it tastes like wine but much sweeter and much thicker. I think I just drank jelly.
1: (laughs) I don't like the idea of a vibrating cup. (laughs) Yeah, a quivering cup.
5: Drink from me.
1: I'll have what I'm having.
3: (laughs) And the chip is worth one, Queen. You can play any game. We do in quarters, you see. So it's one quarter of a bat is usually a quarter of a quid, and the value of the chip will lessen with each use.
2: I'll take the bell, if that's all right. And seem to collect these things. Attached to your keys is a small tag indicating your room number, which seems to be on a very high floor. Are they all different or the same room? Um, It looks like they're A, B, C, and D. Uh, well, uh, what
1: other kind of charming activities are there to engage in besides wages? Oh!
2: Nearly anything
3: you could imagine, whether you want to play a game of some kind that doesn't involve wages, I don't know about all that, but (coughs) in my experience the best games are the ones that you pay for. But you could also visit our spas, there's resorts, there's food, there's drink, and anything else you could possibly imagine.
4: Wonderful. What did you have in mind, Diavos? Do you want to go to the spa or something?
1: Maybe, but I I think there are more important matters to attend to before we enjoy ourselves.
3: Are you sure this pleasure house maidens would be happy to juggle your old coin bag?
1: (laughs) A charming offer, I'm sure, Uh, but...
3: Or fellows with a goggle that you could not possibly imagine.
1: (laughs) You underestimate my imagination? (laughs) Uh, New, we're looking for someone, though.
3: Who's that? A page. jumped up little squirt. I can help you.
6: Jumped up little
4: squirt? I love it.
6: You're <laughs> talking about the pleasure houses still.
4: <laughs> yes, I, I received the summons. And uh, I think it was from uh, him.
3: It's from the court. Like me, I'm part of the court. He is part of the court. I can help you, but that's for later. I'm here to help you, though, with your little problem. He extends his very long arm and... Bucks you in the little wound.
4: Yes, that's that's why we came. Um, later, you say.
3: Yes, have a night, enjoy yourselves. Kinuin is yours. Well, Ashka is yours. The rest of Kinuin is owned by various freeholds and
4: lesser
6: courts. <sighs> so, let me get this straight: <clears throat> you make a name for yourself in the league, and people just give you things. This is my first experience with it. I can get used to it. You
3: can't spend that anywhere else unless you have winnings. He points to the coin. And how do we pay for
1: the food and drinks? Don't oh, I so, service with the bell? You just just ring, just ring it. And there's no exchange of currency? It's gratis? For now. As long as we are playing.
6: For now. Ayavos, can I see that bell again? Uh, certainly. I just told it out to you. I'm going to ring the bell. Or at least flick the bell in Ayavos' <laughs> hand.
2: Yes. Fish? Shrimp? Something like that? Oh, uh, he gestures again and more tureens come wandering up. You see crispy trout and uh, shrimp salad rolls and all sorts of things. Literally what we ordered (laughs) from (laughs) him. I appreciated that.
6: Wuxia's going to help himself. Perfect. Fistfuls of fish. That man doesn't have a lot of restraint. That's my kind of boy. He's a lot of something for sure. (laughs) Well, I'm sure I
3: have something I have to attend to. As I said, can you is yours? Enjoy it. To your
2: absolute utmost. Take me away, please. Talking to his couch. As he does so, the couch slowly and exhaustedly stands back up and continues trotting along with the long procession of accoutrements following behind. It's the hardest working couch in showbiz.
5: <laughs> I had an image of the couch like its legs are split and it's crawling away. <laughs> it doesn't even get up anymore. I made the critical error of lying down.
6: Yeah. Kill me shows up in the stitching in the
7: back.
1: <laughs> Ayavos leans over to Gaspar and says "Says he's part of a court, but looks more like a gallon to me. Uh. (laughs) So I suppose we just kill some time until they're
4: ready to tend to Penny's uh, engagement. Yes, it sounds like tonight we can do whatever we want. Uh, Within reason.
1: Keep in mind it seems they're going to be keeping a tab and having us work it off with some sort of job.
5: From my understanding, they are paying us to listen to their pitch.
7: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
5: I don't Take payment in advance for jobs. Usually, terms can be changed.
1: I just think that uh, if we revel too hard, there may be repercussions later. But that doesn't mean we
7: can't
6: enjoy ourselves. I'm going to swallow a mouthful of shrimp and say,
5: is this payment? No, that is just complimentary. Oh. Yeah, because we are playing, technically, in the casino. But you should know, Usha, the food and drink is also a trick.
2: I'm going to spit out as much shrimp as I can. Oh No, that's fine. You try to spit it out only to tragically realize you've already swallowed it.
5: Uh, <laughs> they're trying to dull your senses so you make poor decisions.
6: Get me nice and shrimp drunk.
5: Yes. <laughs> oh, a shrimp cocktail. Yeah, they're trying to get your white fish wasted. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Very yeah,
2: I, good. I would fuck up a Bloody Mary with horseradish drowning in shrimp. Please. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> I would just eat an entire bucket of shellfish. Just give it to me. <laughs>
4: right here, right now. God, I love all these things way too much to be having this conversation. <laughs> For the fans at home, we're hungry. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even ordered lunch yet. And King Wine Pants did not make <laughs> us any less hungry. Okay, get to me in on one of those uh, shrimp cocktails. Just going to hand... Penny, a handful of loose shrimp
5: <laughs> Think you need to provide your own booze. Fair enough. If we're going to spend some time here, let's at least set up our base of operations. Let's check out this hotel room. I'm sure there's booze to steal. If there's a mini bar in there, that booze is not free. <laughs> but they can be complimentary at the end. Mm. It's kind of a weird thing.
2: You go to the elevator, which again has this beautiful sweeping arcs and a very naturalistic style, and standing outside the front of it is what looks like a red cap, as described before, with an oval hat instead of his normal customary peaked hat.
4: What can I do for you? Which floor are you going to? Show him the key. Oh, okay. Hop on. Okay. Would you like a shrimp? Oh, no. Not at all.
6: Wow.
1: (laughs) I was about to hand him one of the (laughs) tips. Keep just like a handful of shrimp tails this <laughs> just for you to tuck it in his pockets and there's like
6: a little shrimp sticking out
1: or do the handshake but you just slide <laughs> and <it's on>
7: you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh tipping shrimp is very funny to me
3: <laughs> Shrimping.
2: <laughs> 20% shrimp <laughs> yes please uh, he begins dragging uh, what Possessions you happen to have onto the elevator proper and presses a series of buttons, at which point you start elevating, as the name would suggest. When you arrive on your floor and eventually are led to your room by the strange little man, he looks at you expectantly. This is for you. I give him a shrimp. Pretty sure I said
6: I don't want that. but Thank you. I guess. Whatever. I have a tip for you. Uh,
1: Did you hear about the werewolf cleric? No. He had wisdom teeth. (laughs) <laughs> he turns and walks away. I don't get it. It seemed like the kind of fellow who'd enjoy a joke as a payment more than currency and definitely more than shrimp.
2: Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> the luxury suite of a heshka is breathtaking. Living wood walls rise up from raw stone floors. Flowers and edibles blossoming from every branch. Water features graced with the arches and vine work common to this majestic place fill the air with the music of nature. The comforting scent of petrichor mixes with the floral and verdant aroma of the vegetation, bringing visions of a deep forest, returning to life in the wake of a summer storm. You have all been given free reign of Kinyuand, casino, spa, and resort. Whatever delights you seek, you will find here.
6: Wushaw is immediately going to go to the closet and throw it open and see if this is the
2: kind of joint that gives you, like, slippers and a robe. Uh, you do, in fact, find slippers and a robe uh, on my body. <laughs> the robe seems to be made of some kind of elven silk and the slippers are, at first glance, made of clouds. Is it sized for me or do I have to rip the everything off? As you reach for them, they change to shape to your size.
4: Oh, 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 oh. I can get used to this treatment. Oh, I am in. Penny goes and collects her own robe and slippers. <laughs> I assume the, the bedside table has like some brochures and stuff on it. As you enter the actual bedroom proper,
2: you see what looks like a giant net hanging from the ceiling and inside of that net is a vast bed it seems you can climb up to it from a small rope ladder and inside you simply sway and swing along with the breeze that is artificially generated how
4: fancy wow i don't have to sleep on a hammock on the floor can we just stay
5: here it's like sleeping outside but we're inside
1: If there's any literature, though, of like little brochures about things to do at the casino and stuff like that, I'm just going to
6: ceremoniously feed them to opus like like hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> Perfect. Hold on now. Your room back of the apartment isn't like outside?
5: Absolutely not.
7: Oh,
6: <laughs> I didn't know they were different. That is a penny-centric accent. <laughs> oh,
2: I well, need to practice my penny accent then. As you go through the brochures, you see a couple that kind of catch your eye. One of the first is what looks like a contract auction where various things are offered, whether they be services and goods, sundries, but many lots and some of which in languages you're not familiar with. You also see spas and resorts of all sorts, vast baths of hot wine that you can jump in and swim around in and drink at your leisure And everything seems to be magically oriented. There's not a single thing on this list. that doesn't look like it requires vast amounts of quintessence to maintain.
5: Mm.
6: I feel proper dressed for this place. Uh,
1: This is why I always wear robes. They're incredibly comfortable.
6: You're absolutely right. I feel free as a bird in this.
4: Speaking of a free bird, you need to close the front. Oh. (laughs) So what do the rest of you think you're going to do? We have swimming wine back home, so
7: I might hit the spa. But
4: this is heated swimming wine. (laughs) Swimming wine.
6: They like pipe violin music in so you can hear it while you're diving. Mm.
1: The bubbles are actually the acoustics (laughs) of the violin. (laughs) Mystical auction seems quite educational. There's some languages here I don't even understand.
5: An auction could be fun. I'm fairly certain that Wuxia is going to get destroyed out there.
1: Uh, Don't suppose you'd be able to keep an eye out for him?
5: I have been told that I have one of the best poker faces. <laughs> I could see that, yes. But yes, we'll keep the buddy system. I will go
1: with Wusha. Then I will go
2: with Penny, and perhaps we can visit the auction at some point.
6: Okay. Wusha is just going to run down the stairs like a very excited child.
2: You run and run and run and run and run until you remember that you are probably somewhere on like floor hundred or so, and about a quarter of the way through, you start getting a little winded. Go ahead and roll me a constitution saving throw.
5: You got it. Gaspar is riding the banister. <laughs> Just sliding down. It.
2: Holy fuck.
6: All right. That's not bad at all. We are looking at a 17 total.
2: Very nice. That's more than enough. You do manage to get a good distance. And if you would like to continue, you may become exhausted.
6: <laughs> My choice. <laughs> no, I think Wuxia knows, knows at least his limit vis-a-vis stairs. Cool. So uh, he's going to stop. I'm going to say he's going to try to make it halfway. It's time to push himself more tomorrow, <laughs> but about halfway, he's going to get off the stairs and head
2: toward the elevator. You finish your daily cardio, I suppose, and you get off on one of the floors that seems to be very noticeably marked as a casino. be a lot easier with both of your legs. Probably. <laughs> you open the door and outside you see what looks like a vast open area. At every turn, you see game tables with games you've never seen before, and some you have, the old standbys, your poker, your blackjack, and others that seem to play in sport that you're not familiar with and certainly not comfortable with. One in particular seems to portray some kind of track race along its oval shape, but the creatures that are running look like spiritual forms of people who are sleeping around the table with all sorts of dangerous traps and other tribulations along the track
6: i uh interested in any game i can play in my sleep but uh how about we start low and work our way up there huh
5: it's good to stay in your comfort zone you sleep yes
6: all right i'm gonna go to a card table wusha is not good enough at math and that's definitely not just max uh (laughs) to play poker so uh Poker involves zero math. It involves more math than blackjack does. Wait, no,
1: hold
7: on. It's exactly the opposite case.
6: (laughs) Numbers and remembering things isn't necessarily math. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Wish I was going to go up to a blackjack table and it's time for him to spend money. Uh, You walk up to the table and the gnome that is standing there uh, seems to be on some kind of stool to elevate himself enough that he can see the table. Hello, sir. How you doing?
6: well i'm doing just fine i am uh, ready to take a chance i'm nope. gonna try to squat down to be at level with the gnome <laughs> oh you don't need to do that sir feel free to take a seat well can i see your cards from up here is it you hold them in your hat i'll be fine okay of course ah so uh, you got any kids not that i know of <laughs> never heard that one before i uh i think i have a crab that thinks it's my son okay that makes sense
2: dealer showing a four You have an ace and a deuce. Gaspar, what's a deuce?
5: It's a two. Oh, how do I play this? Oh, wait. That ace can be a one or an 11. (sighs) And then if I want more, I say hit me, right?
2: Yes. Strike me. Not quite. I'm happy to hit you if you'd like. Yes. He leans over the table and bops you on the arm. You got to go harder than that, kid. (laughs) I rarely get to do that. You want to hit, though? Aye. All right. Marvelous. That's a five for you. Hit me. All right. Are you sure? Oy. Okay. That's another ace. Hit me. Okay. That's a four. Hit me.
5: Okay. Well, I'll be damned. That's 21. (laughs) By the gods. Hit me. No, 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 no. no. Stop. Stop me. Uh, Would you like to sit at the table, sir? Uh, I should not. Look, I am so indebted to something else. I cannot go further down. I'll cover him. Oh, if you're paying, oh, then course. yeah, I'll play. Thank you, sir. You're not allowed to speak at the table unless you're playing. Oh, I see now.
2: They tap your chip, and a second chip blossoms from the top of it. You bet the whole chip. Am I not supposed to? Uh, it worked <laughs> out this time. So it did.
6: I'm on a roll. Place your bets. I'm going to put the chip back down.
5: Going to put a quarter of the chip down. <laughs>
6: i look at Gaspar, and I'm going to do what he's doing instead.
2: When you put the chip down, a number one appears on it. When you tap it, it goes down by a quarter. When you tap it again, it goes down by another. When you tap it again, it sits at one quarter.
5: That's where it will sit.
2: I'll do what he does. <laughs> Gaspar, you got a lady. It seems the Goliath gentleman is showing a 12, and the headless is showing a 14. The house is showing a deuce.
5: These are not the greatest of situations.
2: Do you start? Yeah, I'll hit. It goes around the table, sir, going clockwise. That begins with you. Hit me. All right. That's a bust. What's that mean? It means you lose. Aww. He grabs your chip, moves to the other side.
5: I will hit as well.
2: That's a bust. House wins with a five. I don't <laughs> like that.
5: That's fine. <laughs> no, we were way too lucky on the first one. So it, things have to swing back. Is he tricking me? No. Hmm. He
2: takes your chip, taps
5: it, and then returns it at 7-5.
7: Mm.
2: Care for another game? Oi, oi. Gotta get that back.
5: Three-fourths in.
2: That's a 16 for the gentleman. A 20. A King Jack for Gaspar. And I am sporting a 7. Oh, we can stay here. I'd like to stay put, please. Okay. That's 15. And a bust. Congratulations. Do I get my coin back? You get more than that. He taps... Until it shows one five. I like this game again. Are
6: we supposed to remember what comes down and know what's in the deck for later?
2: No 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 no. No, no. <laughs> no sir, you're not supposed to do that. Oh good, I wouldn't be able to anyway.
5: <laughs> so now we just go big or we go home.
6: <laughs> I only go one way. <laughs>
5: <laughs> big, I'm large. Like that another game? Yeah. One last one. Everything in. Oh, by everything, I mean the one and a half that we have, not everything we own and everything that we are.
2: Thank you for specifying. (laughs) It seems our Goliath friend is showing a six. The undead is showing a 20. And I have an eight. Hit me. All right. That's another three. Hit me. Okay. From nine to 15. What's the dealer showing? Eight.
5: Okay. There's a good chance that if you take a hit, you will bust. So... I would suggest staying and just letting the dealer bust, but that's me being conservative. You are an aggressive, aggressive player.
6: Conservative sounds a lot like timid. Hit me. And,
5: and the first—that's
6: yeah. a king,
2: a bust. <laughs> <laughs>
7: oh,
5: I'm staying.
2: That's an eighteen. Congratulations, sir. He takes Usha's coin and he
5: taps yours until it shows three. Another game, sirs. Um, Usha, I think you've learned a lot. But the final thing you should truly learn to accept is to quit while you're ahead. Thank you for the game, sir. I know. Uh, Usha, tip him with a joke or something.
6: I'm going to leave a shrimp. Sir, please remove the garbage from the table. Come on, let's go. Not,
5: doesn't he get it? <laughs> that tip is a joke. Uh, we don't accept absurdism, unfortunately. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of establishment do you think this is? So, Usha, here- here's two Quinn.
6: Thank you.
5: I'll keep the one you gave me. All right. And we quit while we're ahead.
6: Well, uh, thank you, kind sir. Um, oh no. Uh, there. Uh, there once was a man from a nice little port who looked off into the sea. He twisted his foot with a giggle and a snort, and he said, "Put that inside me." I'm gonna stand up and walk away. What
2: in the hell's was that? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I think that was a poem. Okay. Very freeform. Thank you. Well, here's quarter of a quin. <laughs> <laughs> he takes it. <laughs> From both of us.
1: I like that Wuxia tipped so badly that you had to do, like, a, <laughs> a penance tip. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Penny and Ayavos. So,
4: uh, what do they do with spores? Oh, anything you like. You can get a manicure, a pedicure, a massage. Or, or like a seaweed wrap? I, know, I bet Wusha would love that. I think Wusha's had far
1: too many seaweed wraps in his day. <laughs> uh, I know one of those words. <laughs> oh, I know. We can get your eyebrows shaped. kind of try to look up on my own eyebrows. There's not a lot of hair left on my head. I'd hate to mess up what's there.
4: <laughs> if you've never done this before, come look at this list. Is there anything that stands out to you? I'll just go for whatever you get, unless it's hoof-centric, I suppose. Well, not now. Let's start simple for you. Let's not have anyone do anything to you, but maybe we can spend some time in the steam room. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah, I I let Benny drive this ship. I'm just along for the ride.
2: (laughs) You go into the sauna, and it is a unisex sauna. When you enter, you see a a veritable butcher's shop of hanging meat. What? It's a lot of dicks. Possibly some flaps. Yeah,
1: very
7: good description.
2: As soon as you enter, eyes try to touch you, and as soon as they do, they snap back away. Some of the people who you can tell might not be the most polite individuals seem to want to look, want to appraise, but they seem unable. Then you notice the sign on the wall that says leering will not be tolerated
4: or allowed. Nice. Magic blinders. Well, that's very polite. Penny has no hesitation to just strip down and start enjoying this sauna.
1: I almost leaves a modesty towel around his waist.
2: (laughs) Helps with absorption, too. Plus, he doesn't know who's been sitting here. You sit, and the heat is oppressive. And after a few moments, you notice that a steam begins to pour out of a small box in the corner of the room as someone pours what looks like an iridescent pink fluid over the top of it. Within moments, as you begin to breathe in the steam, your mind begins to swim with visions and imagery, the curling vapors shaping themselves into all manner of fantastical images. I am the stew. (laughs) Breathing soup. <laughs> it smells strongly of daffodils. And people come to
4: this large box and get very hot. And that's good. Yes, it's very relaxing and good for your health. It smells wonderful. There's definitely a lot of bodies competing with daffodils. <laughs>
1: but it is nice. There is a faint undercurrent of ball sweat. <laughs> the whole butcher shop. And it's like, it's like one of those, like, Check butcher shops like all those bizarre <laughs> dried sausages <laughs> <laughs> so curled mean. upward upon themselves. Oh, Jesus.
2: It's like a meat upward. donut. <laughs> like jester shoes. <laughs> Curly cues. <laughs> Wrapped up and tucked into fluff. I love those
6: bizarre dried sausage. Isadora. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you finish your hot room and eventually find your way towards a large pool. Uh, The pool itself seems to be like a briny, brackish water, almost like actual seawater. You can see uh, sea rocks and things like that all around the outside. And there's even ambient gulls in the ceilings.
1: Nothing more relaxing (laughs) than the squawks (laughs) of seagulls.
2: No, it is actually kind of nice. Do we just dip in then? It seems that way. The extremely frigid water after the incredibly hot room is bracing. But as soon as you begin to climatize, you realize that your neurons are firing on all cylinders after the sudden shock. But after a few moments, you begin to feel something unusual. Brushing against your feet and eventually your legs, you feel what seems to be dolphins. Oh, I don't think I have ever seen a dolphin before. These large, rubbery sea mammals seem to be eager to play with you.
4: Well, these big, horny fish. (laughs) I've never seen anything like them before, but... They seem like they want to play. Uh, I would like everybody to give me their best dolphin, beginning with Max.
7: (laughs) (laughs) This is an awful request. (laughs) 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 Why does the
3: dolphin scream like (laughs) me?
6: I like that. That was just the penny noise.
7: (laughs) Ah,
1: ah. <laughs> dolphin ah. <laughs> Hi
7: little guy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: boy. I guess I'll do my dolphin. Uh, there's so there's multiple kinds of dolphin noises. I'm gonna go for the other one, and I don't know if I can do it. I've never tried it before.
7: Oh, oh.
6: Holy shit! All right, I feel like I'm in the exact <laughs> ocean right now. <laughs> nope, awful, awful. No, I was talking over you. Try again. No, <laughs> it's all right. No, no. I believe in you.
7: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you guys play with the dolphins? Oh, yeah. Heck yes. Uh, they're very fun and very energetic, and after a goodly amount of time, you find yourselves exhausted by their youthful exuberance and eventually leave the spa.
1: I think I get it now. It's not so much about the heat as it is the
2: cool down afterwards. You eventually find your way towards a room, the sign out which reads contract auction. Here it is. We found it. The room is replete with potential buyers, High Faye and Arch Faye. Wait. With great patience for their lots. The mother of scorpions with the lower body of her namesake peels the flesh from her homunculus in nervous habit. Mr. Root, the fear of all children, lurks in the shadow beneath his seat, his knobby and scabrous hands reaching out to passers by, desperate for touch. The hanged maiden, her singed feet dangling, trades secrets, like playing cards, with a gaggle of cupboard kin, their hungry eyes glinting like brass. Pixies flit and proxies sit in the places of their masters. A boulder hewn from the rock of ages rumbles a song that only the trees can hear. Dreamlings and oniravores chitter and chatter in broken thoughts, whose logic, like lost love, lives only in dreams. The sullen sun, his princely pageantry, tattered just so, bides his time like a hunter in a blind waiting for young maidens looking to fall in more and worse than love. Hungry, distant eyes snap to the stage as the herald of the wandering end takes the podium. Red dust clings to cloak and claw as he raises his rusted iron horn. A tinny blast sounds through the hall as terror creeps into your spines. The sizzling fear of a naughty child secreting sweets. You pray the sound away. In a desperate hope not to wake what dark mother yet lurks beneath the floorboards. Something turns in long slumber. The silence breaks. One gross, hollowed common soul. Moderate
3: sin. Secrets up to kinlust. And wetting beds by boys who should know
2: better. Start the bidding at twenty hearts all. Paddles rise and fall. Lives bargained against power. The souls are collected by the unseen hand. His too many fingers clutching papers on which no ink can spell the gravity of what they hold. Four hero souls. Great destiny traded for pleasures. Dark hearts the lot. Just enough good to cast doubt upon their fate. Recoverable but challenging. Start the bidding at fifty hearts song. Again and again the dance plays out. Hands and other things raise paddles to the price until soon the lots are played out. In the end, you are left more hollow than you began. But not so much as to stand on the auction block yourselves. So many kind of fae here. Penny, they frighten me.
4: What, like old scabby fingers over there? I had a neighbor like that once.
1: Some of the souls that they were trading almost sounded like those people we met on the road.
4: I... I agree. Do they deal with souls in your home, plane? Um, they do sometimes. It's, it's honest work, but usually they're not... As broken as these ones. I'm not sure what I expected to be auctioned off, but I didn't imagine it was this. A large crate
2: with hands and feet walk up to you. Penelope Farthing. Oh, hello. I am the secret gift. It is a pleasure to meet you. Not many of our kind are seen on the sky.
4: It's a pleasure to meet you as well. And so I've been told. I might be the first you seem a bit lost well we came here to see the auction and truth be told it's not quite what we expected i'd be happy to answer any questions you have um what is heart song Ah, you call it quintessence oh well is it one-to-one yes wow 50 quintessence it's quite a lot Mm, not
2: here He points over to a strange booth inside you see what looks like a mechanoid human as somebody enters the machine changes shape to look like a different kind of person they embrace and kiss and as they do you see that same shimmering quintessence energy pull from their mouth and then deposit into the creature's hand as a quintessence coin there are many ways to extract but here there's plenty to flow The only question is what price you're willing to pay for
4: it. All the quintessence that I've dealt with has been given to me, not extracted from me. How much quintessence is there in the soul of a person?
2: It depends on the person. Some tap out far sooner than others. This place is full of them. The hollowed, poor souls.
4: My friend here is very interested in secrets and magics. Is there anything here for someone like him? Have you dealt in the souls of the damned?
1: I have danced with some, but not dealt, no. There's much power to be
3: had. In time, of course, they require such nurturing.
1: I am from a different place, and using souls as a component seems wrong to me, but I would not hold it against your people for how they trade.
2: You have to understand that what what will happen to these beings is truly tragic. Once hollowed, you cannot muster the soul required
4: to petition. Petition? Like, isn't that the, the word for what singulars might call an afterlife?
2: Yes. You see, if something dies and it has enough soul left behind, it can use that to drive itself to the afterlife of its choosing. But if something dies and doesn't want to go, it lingers and rots on that plane. A spirit, a specter, and others without enough, simply cease. These poor hollowed, if they were to die, would not be able to find their way to a greater afterlife. We give them something else, we take them under our charge. You can even take these souls, blessed as they are, and put them to an abstract. That's how some of you are created, he looks at Penny. They can be mended and repaired. Never back to their full potential, but worthwhile in the end.
1: You can use souls to
2: fuel the transport to an afterlife. Very much so. In fact, that's how your ring gates work. It works on the same technology. You're just doing it in a shortcut without the death involved. Alas, I have souls to collect. If you ever wish to find me, simply... Leave a gift behind somewhere where it's not expected. The brim of the crate crinkles upwards into a smile, and it walks past you. I won't lie,
1: Penny, I don't really want to meet them again. At least,
2: any situation where I would need to frightens me.
4: I think that is a perfectly valid choice.
2: Your eyes fall again on the Quintessence extraction device, and instead of somebody being kissed, the device pulls out a dagger and stabs them. But the same process occurs.
1: Do the people walking up to it look like they're conscious of their actions or are they being kind of like forced into it?
2: They seem unhappy about what they're having to do. But I imagine on Scry you've seen things that are similar. Mm. Addicts. Another person enters and you see the creature turn into a giant mechanical spider. The man screams and from his mouth the quintessence spills. Personalized to each one of them. Very curious. All of you are drawn to a commotion towards the great gambling hall. In the center sits a stage. The act in progress has been brought to a halt, some musical ensemble. There stand three figures, all of which you recognize. The first and the greatest is authority personified. She surveys you from on high. Her eyes are sunspots, pouring molten judgment into your soul. Atop her head, a tall unadorned golden crown stands high and sharp. Her flesh is polished bronze, draped in a single sheet of golden gossamer, and stained red, with blood which pours in gentle brooks from the wound of six blades, each of which rests eternally plunged into her exposed left breast. She stands taller than your Goliath friend, yet despite her stature and imposing figure, there is a smallness of spirit which ladens her an unseen burden. Far below her, a small, shrouded figure draws your eye. You recognize it as Buglenos. And between the two is a tragic thing. The man or what's left of him that accosted your wagon. You cannot hear her words, but she cries out judgment. The hollowed does not express his fear, for he has none left to give. He instead drops to a single knee and waits. Buglenos whispers and all present hear it.
4: I am so sorry.
2: He reaches low and grabs his shroud, lifting it up. And with no control over yourselves, your eyes avert. You hear, over the din of gasps, a blood-curdling scream. And when your eyes draw back to the stage, the elven man is a withered husk, even less left than before, as Booglenose weeps for what he has done.
1: Today, one of two artillerists of the hero team, Metal and Mana, has been critically injured after taking on the miniature messiah, the Rat King of Rat Kings and cosmically renowned chef, Bile Belly the Sludge Crawler. Why they let him into a kitchen, I will never know. But he braces a mean Osabuko. With talks of retirement on the cannoneer's lips, Metal and mana may well be looking for a hired gun. Hero rank has some difficulty keeping members on their roster of late with nearly a dozen replacements in varying states of performance scattered throughout the Axis League. In other news...
5: Hey guys, sorry I'm late.
1: <laughs> Good lords, Dirk, you look terrible. Well, hello to you too, Mr. Gabled Rooftops. What? Dirk, you need to go home. Oh, lords below, you're
3: burning
2: up. That's dishwater. I haven't missed a day at camp since my shorts got hoisted at the flagpole in 3rd period. I couldn't pledge allegiance fast enough. Security! Dirk,
1: please, drink this and go with the nice men. They'll get you back to bed. How did he even get in here?
3: Oh, we're super sorry, Lord
1: Rustboro. He's like with
2: some kind of nerd grease. We couldn't get a grip on him. You'd be amazed what grippy hospital booties and a jug of pork sauce can do for a prison break film at 11 he's loopier than a
1: toddler what found mommy's secret funny water in the nightstand and porked up like a can of navy beans you're not helping good i wasn't trying to but if it's help that you require
2: holy crap
1: you will desist oh, your or be met with the swift and unrelenting justice of
3: the infinite order <laughs> holy crap lord's page i
1: know right Take him to Chez Raspero for a chilled duvet and a hot cow juice. What? No, take him to the hospital. Paige, he has a fever. Oh, I thought he was simply flush from all the pig wrestling. Dirk, they're taking you back to the hospital. Please go with them. I'll visit you after work.
2: No, anything but there. It's all cabbage and boiled meat. I can't have another pork chop, Rust. I just can't. Oh, sedate him! help! They're needling my butt meat.
3: That's it, bro. Easy does it. Easy does it.
2: You'll never never silence the ruckus, King. Semper Semper Fidelis. Trampolinas.
3: Yeah, that's a good baby. Sorry
1: for the disruption, sir. Really growing a soft spot for the old doofus, aren't we? Let's... Let's just get back to the show.
8: Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. Thirty-five weekly options and over sixty add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one, you'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me? I'm building muscle, so I love their Protein Plus
7: options. (laughs)
8: Yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing if I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week. It's fast, premium options with no cooking required. (laughs) Of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50. And use code THELEAGUE50 to get 50% off. That's code THELEAGUE50 at factormeals.com slash THELEAGUE50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work.
0: grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm all lowercase go to shopify.com slash r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm
8: do you find yourself treading where evil makes its home Do you often get caught off guard by goblins, ganoles, and
1: osiers? Don't wait. Calm down to Stabin' Steve's Sword Arm Emporium. We have swords of all sizes to help you protect your family and kingdom. We have long swords, short swords, falchions, and more. Are you a fine mess fighter? Check out our selection of rapiers and scimitars. Looking for something bigger? We put the more in Claymore. and Steve's is where the damage goes to your enemies, and not your bank account. This weekend only, buy any two swords and get a third of equal or lesser damage dice for half off. Free scabbards included with every purchase. Member of the Ivory Guard, ask about our military discounts. and Steve's Sword Arm Emporium, we'll get you sorted out. Hail you cuties! A mid-roll in the hand is worth two in the ear. And yes, you're right, that doesn't make any sense. Everyone at Slapdash wants very much to make this a big year for our show however we can. Knowing our amazing fans have gotten us this far truly lights our fires. And reaching for the sky just feels good, especially if it means there's going to be more of you wonderful LU cuties in our lives. I thought it would be a fun idea to start reading a few of our recent reviews during the mid-roll in hopes of sharing your love with the show and maybe inspiring you to write some of your own. So here are just a few. Phenomenal work all around. This podcast is incredible. Have been binging for a couple of months now. I feel like an old man from the 1920s gathering around the wireless to listen to the last adventure tale being broadcast. I've been ignoring all other forms of fiction. This was the show that got me into the whole D&D podcast scene as well as actually into playing the game. That's from Jonathan Hartley in Australia. Amazing. You love to see it. Law absolutely blew me away in season one and Zach has created another incredible world with season two. These are some of my favorite fictional characters, and the players are also hilarious and interesting. That's from BIM115 in Canada, and believe me, I'm just as excited about Season 2. Absolutely love the idea behind it, and have been enjoying binging episodes every chance I get. Easy to follow, fun to listen to, and character and DMs are awesome. That's from Tris10 in the USA. Y'all are making us blush. Thank you so, so much. You can always, of course, join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Every tier has rewards, and logically, the higher up you go, the more stuff you get. The top tiers can make Battle Axe's characters to be written into the show's meta, or you, the listener, can become part of a legendary mid-roll team. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Forgotten Legacy, with Wagon, Insanity, John Reinhardt, and Daryl. If you'd like to reach out for a personal ad or message to be read in the show or contact Slapdash for some kind of fun businessy stuff, email admin at slapdashstudios.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitch at Streams for Monday night live LUQ premieres with Dungeon Mistress Dana, Wednesday night cooperative Pokemon Nuzlocks with me and Zach, Penny Plays on Thursday, and so much more during the week. Thank you all again for everything. If this does end up being our year, we're taking you with us. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the battle axis. New from Mutton King, the deca the forbidden assembly of ten different meats that just the very construction of defies the laws of universal order. Consumption of this forbidden protein pillar is an act of finality. This suicide note of a sandwich takes no prisoners and dares your loved ones to seek vengeance. First is a 38-ounce classic Mutton King sheep slab, stuffed with buttered garlic and slapped full of wild rice. Next is a braised flap of cold-smoked teriyaki moose titty, tenderized by angry punch methods. Draped over that mess is a butterfly-breaded and oil-boiled pork loin salted and sanded to crispy perfection. The next floor to this culinary tower of Babel is a glistening spiral of grilled swan necks from beautiful birds that were fed nothing but a lifetime of chili dogs, and then drowned in cheap sangria. The center of this middle finger to decency is a king-sized cheese-stuffed lobster tail. Like the super nice ones restaurants won't tell you the price of until after you've eaten it. We're only halfway done with this horror show. Are you getting scared? Good. The next two proteins to mount this warhorse of flavor is a steamed black pepper kangaroo pouch stuffed with pickled whitefish and black olives. As the monstrosity raises higher towards the heavens, it is next greeted with a deep-fried buffalo tongue, wrapped in candy scallions and stuffed with honeycomb crumbles. The crown resting atop this king of glut and woe is a sacrilegious boneless unicorn shank, braised for three months in volcanic hot fudge and salted seawater. And last but not least is the bun. That's right, you thought there would be bread bookends to this library of grim harvest, but you were wrong. You were such a fool, and now your hubris has earned you the dark truth of things. In place of buns, there is not one, but two oven-roasted peacocks, drenched in sweet and sour mustard, black garlic marinara, champagne rosemary ranch curds, and baptized in grapefruit and fennel ham gravy. Mutton King's new deca Come hungry, leave dead. Mutton fills you up, like mutton.
2: The face of a young man towers over you. Vibrant ginger curls tumble about his face. Dazzling green irises too large by half peer out from midnight blue sclera, rimmed in dark sleepless circles. Freckles of gold dust his nose and pale cheeks and what might be the beginnings of a smile grace the corners of his pouty lips before the memory of joy fades from them. He wears a simple linen shirt and trousers, yet over these a long coat of forest green which gives off an odor of wood and greenery. All about this coat are pockets which have been sewn on from other garments, some silk, some burlap, all of them laden with unknown supply. But what draws your eye most about this young man, if indeed young man he be, is the dozen or so lengths of wood, metal, crystal, and stone, which hover in a ring, orbiting his head. For each of these wands radiate with power, yet the fae which stands over you now takes no notice has driven you here, has it? Well, invited us here. No, no, to this moment, right here. He points a long finger behind you, and there stand Gaspar and Wusha. I suppose. Understand we'll be meeting soon. Look to Penny.
4: Uh, yes, I believe perhaps in the morning.
2: Let not judgment take seed in your heart against our queen. She does what she must. Not my place to judge another culture for how they manage themselves. It's not culture, this. This is justice. I can't stop her from that. But nevertheless, if you have any questions, you're free
4: to ask them over when the time comes. Can these people, these hollowed, really not be helped? They
2: can. But there's not much left of them. We
4: don't do these things to them.
1: They make their choices. A time comes later to ask questions to the court. I
2: worry that fear will hold my tongue. You've no the fear from us. Rest assured. I'm the Page of ones. I apologise for my informality.
1: Your presence seemed logical and obvious. To as your
2: title. Yes. I imagine you could guess. Wondrous, aren't they? He looks at the wands which orbit his head. Do they weigh you down? If only. I can even touch them, not for my own purposes. He reaches up and moves through them. Would you fancy a glass of water, Mr. Isadora? I think I'm all watered out for a little bit. I think you could use a glass of water. He reaches up, grabs a crystal wand, and taps it in front of you. And a glass of water appears. Hmm. Thank you for this gift. Of course. I'll drink it. It's amazingly fresh, crisp, and clear. It's got the wand of Britta. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry to have disturbed you. Continue to enjoy your night. He begins to walk away. So, Gasper, you're telling me that the point of the card
6: game we just played was not to meet or beat my defenses?
5: That is correct. Then why do they say hit me? You know, maybe it's just like an abstract word that they use, but you're given a card, you're being hit. I think we could do a version where we give two people blackjacks, and if they think they can take a hit, you smack them on the face with it.
6: Now, see, that <laughs> sounds like fun. I'd play that game. Uh, oh, last last question, I promised for, for now at least. Uh, if I'm sitting here at the table, a person has the cards out in front of me, and it looks like their hand's better than mine, can't I just ring my bell and ask for a winning hand?
5: <laughs> You're thinking of such great strategies that nobody else, it just defies common sense. You should try that. I think I will. Yeah. This
4: is why I took the bell. <laughs> Hi, Avos. Yes. A moment ago, you seemed reluctant. Is trading in souls, in, in your opinion, good or bad. I don't suppose I have much judgment on the trading of the
1: souls themselves, but the acquisition therein can be quite suspect.
4: And is playing these games good or bad? A game itself cannot be cruel, but it
1: can be used as a tool to trick those weak of mind. Those without will to carry on. It just seems, seems beyond a predator hunting a prey. Something more thoughtful and sinister.
4: And that's bad. It can be. I'm still having so much trouble understanding this. I've never had to think about it before. It's confusing for everyone. It just has more impact on you. It's it's not supposed to. Hmm. It's supposed to be easy.
6: Hey, Ayavos, old Ben. Who's your friend? Or was your friend? Uh, one of the members of the court...
1: I did quite like his style. Lots of patchwork and pockets.
6: I thought he was a friend of yours, someone you knew. You dressed the same. He's got more sticks than you do, though.
5: He does have many sticks. Fine sticks indeed. Yeah. Both of your spirits look so low. Did you Did you bet and lose your quin already? Yeah. We were relaxed in
1: the sauna and then refreshed and played with these strange sea creatures, but That sounds good so far. We went to an auction and it was a it was a strange thing. The creatures there were the kind of fay that I fear parents tell their children about to get them to behave. Uh, creatures hungry for souls that were broken and acquired through dubious means. We witnessed it silently. It was strange. It was like watching the architects of nightmares crafting their beams and windows of fear and doubt. Bizarre.
4: I'm a little shaken from it,
1: needless to say. But I'm trying to be very polite to the people of this place.
4: See, Iavos, you seem so shaken, but it meant nothing to me. I don't... I don't understand. And lately that's been so important.
1: They were bidding huge amounts of quin—fifty, sixty, For these souls.
5: Oh, I see now. Where the sausage is made. Soul sausage, I guess. Look, all of this, the they're not technically tricking you because they are outwardly showing you everything. Cards on the table, as it were. Usha, they've designed a system in which souls can give themselves away.
6: So, they're not tricking me. I'm tricking me. Exactly. That's sinister right there.
5: They politely ask you, with a beautiful invitation, would you like to trick yourself?
6: No. No, I wouldn't.
5: These are their designs. This is natural to them.
6: You think anyone's ever been able to turn the tide on them? Switch it round?
5: A few can win. And that's why their invitation does work. But in the end, the court always wins. Tricky bastards. Sorry to have this conversation in front of you, Penny.
4: I, that's a very interesting point of view. For a while now, I haven't shared this with all of you, but I've been having difficulty. For as long as I can remember, I never had to think about what was good or bad. It, It didn't even occur to me. I, I couldn't conceive of doing bad things. I would never think to steal or to be dishonest. But for a while, they've been occurring to me, like with with the tater flakes. I wanted a snack, and I opened the cupboard, and I I saw them, and I my first thought was, "Oh, those are Hal's snacks. I'll look for something else." But then, for the first time, there is a voice in the back of my mind that said, "But you can choose to eat them," and that had never happened before—at least, not that I recognized. And I—I I made that choice, and it felt good. <laughs> I have never acted selfishly, at least. Not so overtly. And the more I indulged in in these behaviors, not just that, but threatening that family on error and all the other small slights my pettiness towards Wuxia. I'm sorry, by the way, that wasn't about you. It was about Hal. I still don't know why he left, and I, I took it out on you. No work taken. I just, I don't, I, I don't have the context to understand which of these impulses are good and which are bad. But if I, if I do bad things, Gilder says that I am in danger of fragmenting, becoming singular. And I'm so afraid. As
2: you should be. A ten-foot suit of gothic plate armor stands sentry behind you. Its steel shines out, yet does not reflect its surroundings. Instead, the inky blue of a midnight sky can be seen in its contours. A cloak of stars is pinned with a silver pentacle brooch to its colossal shoulder and tumbles like a waterfall of cosmic wonder, depicting the constellations and orbits of a planet you are not familiar with. Yet despite the armor's magnificence, Your souls pale to see that behind the visor, there is no flesh, only the infinite nebulae of the cosmos. You speak secrets into the infinite, and the infinite gazes back. Its visor points around you and you see that there are many, many people watching you, and others listening.
4: Penny suddenly flushes and clutches her arms around herself.
2: You are not to be blamed. So naive and innocent you are, I cannot help but understand. I am the Knight of Stars. I see all and am helpless to change it. Come with me if you would learn about your true nature. She will not go alone.
1: Nor would I ask her to. Friends are a gift. Hold out my hand towards Penny.
4: Penny takes Iovus' arm and kind of hugs his entire arm tightly and leans her head on his shoulder. After hearing that most enticing fucking pitch, <laughs> I'm ready to follow this this character to the to wherever he leads us. As he walks, you do not hear the sound of metal clanking,
2: only silence. He glides across the floor towards an elevator. And in time, you find yourself standing before what looks like a conference room. He gestures you in.
6: Wusha is going to go to, like, peek his head in first and look around. Very suspicious now that Gaspar has told him that everything here is out to get him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look real carefully if there's anyone else in the room or any other signs of outward danger. Can I make a, I'm going to say an investigation check to check around to see if there's anything yeah. that looks like it means us harm. Slap it down. Slappity-dappity.
2: Nine. Mm. Not good. It's definitely a room. You can tell that much. There's wood. You're pretty sure there's metal. There's a man in it. It's him.
6: Somewhere there's shrimp.
2: Mm. (laughs) Oh, it's your pocket. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, jeez. I've
6: been the shrimp the whole time.
2: Every fucking time.
6: I'm going to look at the rest of the team and say, I think it's safe, uh, though. Though. I would be careful. Don't. uh, What'd you tell me not to do? Don't
4: lie to yourself. I don't worry, Lucia. I'm I'm incapable of that.
1: I have us places on an old pair of spectacles and says it is surely not safe,
2: but we must anyway. As you do so, go ahead and roll me a insight check.
1: Twenty four.
2: There's a solemnness in him. He seems lost, helpless. He has no intentions towards you, and. It's odd to think that way, to imagine that he doesn't even seem to register you. He's engaging with you, speaking with you, seems to have intentions for you, but you don't see them, you don't feel them, and you're fairly certain he doesn't either, as though he's simply following a track, a course laid out. We had intended to give you the night, a night of peace, but at every opportunity your hearts turned
3: towards questions, darker things. We suspect you are ready.
2: Against our better efforts.
4: Ready for... for what? To learn. To learn
2: of what we offer you.
4: And to learn of what we
3: ask of you. I will find my kin. Please,
2: wait here. He turns and closes the door. Inside the room, you see that there is vine work and trees climbing up along the walls, reaching to a peak at the center, like an arch. In the center of the room is a large living wood table. And in the center of that is a device. To your eyes, it looks like a gigantic scry device.
1: Looking to Wuxia, who seems unsettled by all of this, I gesture to the leaving figure in blue armor and say, that one means us no harm. His intentions are purely ethereal.
6: Oh, I heard him say he likes to watch and do nothing about it. Sounds straight useless to me.
1: There is an importance to neutrality.
6: I suppose so, but is it better to do something about things rather than just stand there and gawk?
1: It's cruel of the
2: sea to swallow a ship, but it's its nature. Fair point. You wait some time, and soon the door opens. First, in walks the Knight of Stars, who stands at the edge of the room and falls to absolute stillness, as though he could simply be the armor he appears to be. Then, the Page of Wands, who stands opposite side the door also waiting. Next, the King of Cups blunders in in all of his noise and glory, but stands silent on the opposite side of the room. And finally, the Queen of Swords enters, sends each of you an I, and then goes to her place. But the door does not close. A final figure enters, a familiar one. Its large, furry body steps forward, and Gilder looks at all of you. He climbs on top of the table and sits.
1: Ayavos is actively averting his eyes from the court, seeming unable to steel himself against their presence.
2: I'm sure you all have a lot of
4: questions. Uh, I mean, my new biggest question is, what are you doing here, Gilder? I'm sorry I have not been entirely honest with you.
2: Well, more accurately, I'd say I have not been a practitioner of
5: full disclosure. I will consider this an ambush on my trust.
4: I can't imagine why. (laughs) It's okay, Gilder. In this place, it seems like full disclosure is only for the sauna room.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. And trust me, I've done nothing wrong to you. And nothing here is going to be negative for you. In fact, it's all to your benefit and ours. But let's get started, shall we? First, the mundane. We have a job for you. A League quest. We've sent approval to Rain, and she is no doubt going to give the thumbs up. Someone intends to steal from us. In fact, plans are already underway. We would
5: like you to stop them. Simple enough? Consider it done. I have stopped my plans to steal from you. (laughs) I will take payment.
2: (laughs) Marvelous. No... The target of this particular quest is one that might interest you greatly. The Battle Standard. Headed up by your old friend, Ophidian Ashpool. I love him.
4: No, you don't. I don't love him. <laughs> <laughs> do, do I get a rematch with Ashpool? That is what we hope.
2: You see, they seek to steal something from us. He touches the scry device, and it lights up with an image. Inside. You see a room. It is largely empty. Save in the very center, Venus structures of gold, silver and bronze converge into the center of the room, plugging into a vast heart, anatomically no different than that of a human. Yet there is no flesh or blood. Instead, wood pulsates in unpredictable rhythm. In every crack and crevice the radiant shimmer of quintessence can be seen, the lifeblood of Kinuent and the fae. This is the wild heart. It is the essence of what we are. It is the beginning of our fairy nature. It is the blueprint for the lost home of the court. And this is a quest that they are on to steal it. Exactly. We are allowed a counterquest. It's beautiful. That it is. And it is the only thing keeping us alive. It is unlikely that their theft would be permanent or hostile. They're not allowed to do things like that. But they can embarrass us. They can damage our standing, and the shock to morale and ratings for the Ragged Regalia would be devastating. I'm curious who hired them to do this. It's hard to know. It could be their own spokesman.
5: So will we be working with your sponsored team?
2: No. Unfortunately, the Ragged Regalia is long since gone... We're tapping you because they are off-world in Whittleby for some time, with no opportunity for a turn. This might be why they struck out at this time. I would not be surprised if it was very much intended for you to fight Ophidian. He seems to have a grudge.
4: That's happened a few times. It's a professional
1: grudge, if anything.
2: He's always been nice to me. No, he hasn't. Oh, he's never been nice to me. I'm so sorry, child, but you seem to think that the things you've seen and heard around you are the things that are actually happening. And that's just, well, that's just precious. Well, if I,
4: I, are my eyes tricking me?
5: You are precious.
4: Oh, <laughs> Wait, you just called Woosha precious as an insult. You call me precious all the time. Oh, bless your heart, Penny. I know precious. Thank you. Thank I'm you. That's ready far. to
6: pet this cat with both ends. <laughs> with both ends with both hands
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to rub my ass on this
6: cat like you wouldn't believe going forehead and cheeks to this kitty here real quick
1: I'm going to hot dog this cat (laughs) marvelous in fairness Ovidian's never truly been cruel to us but he has made it his current life's work to do as much as he can to inhibit our team
4: he is a villain and that is his job I think I'm finally starting to realize that. It's almost a comfortable sort of rivalry. But I would really like to get back at him for the market. And with hope, you shall.
1: And I don't mind that he's doing his job. It's
5: just how much he enjoys it that bothers me.
4: Real quick, is repaying hubris good or bad?
5: I'd say it's a bad thing, but it's going to feel real good. <sighs> I can't do bad things. Just
1: don't do it maliciously. but succeeding over someone who's trying to steal something can be quite good, and the success and glory that comes with it can be rewarding.
4: See, that's the, that's the gray area bullshit that Gilder was talking about. Yes,
2: and there's more gray area bullshit to come. For starters, your job is to prevent the theft of the Wildheart. Secondarily, you are to stymie and injure the infiltrators to the best of your ability. And lastly, you will finish on a public fight with Ashpool and his team, laying them low. The first is acceptable for a wind condition. The other two are simply bonuses. Does that sound agreeable? If it's a quest that Rain agrees to, I suppose so, yes. She has. I'm looking
4: forward to it.
2: Good. The details we can work out as time goes on. You will have the full use of our resources, to the best of our ability anyway, to set up countermeasures for their infiltration to prevent the heist, and we can deal with those later but for now there are greater concerns. Do you have any questions before we move on? More than we have time for. Of course. On to you, Penny. Oh, you precious thing. Watch it. (laughs) Ideas matter. Ideas beget abstracts, or perhaps the other way around, depending on how you look at it. Agriculture is a simple abstract personified in gods throughout the cosmos. Each god may be different, but they all serve the same abstract. More complex ideas have less power and may not always be present. Agriculture begets the harvest, harvest the farm, and the farm Gregory the farmer. Each of these concepts manifests successively less powerful incarnations. breakwheat the agriculture god, and his son Longfarrow the demigod of the harvest, the harvest spirits and the scarecrow demons who serve Longfurrow, and Gregory, who serves Longfurrow through an altar to the harvest spirits. From abstract god to demigod to lesser plural to singular. (sighs) Now that I've explained how this relates to your singular lives, let me help you visualize things from a more plural perspective. Imagine four planets of equal size locked in orbit around each other. Law, chaos, good, and evil. If you placed nature into this system, where would it lie? Nature is very much a manifestation of chaos, so you might imagine it in a tight orbit around that particular planet. But it is not inherently good or evil, though time and external factors may change that, so its orbit might bring it closer and farther, closer and farther between the two. Whereas agriculture might have a looser orbit with chaos, "'trending closer towards law. "'Harvest might be farther still, but a farmer. "'What orbit would he follow?' "'None. "'Plurality, in its simplicity, "'is bound by these abstracts. "'Singulars, however, are free to move as they wish. "'A man is no more evil than he is good, "'but his choices might drive him closer and closer, "'until eventually he cannot escape the pull of it. "'You, Penny,' are a complex plural, a lesser plural. You have more choice in your actions than many. You are in orbit around the abstract concept of yourself, a chaotic, good, fay, fond friend. Yet you retain the illusion of choice, some even real choices, meaningful ones. But say, for instance, that your orbit were to reach its apogee, and you made the wrong choice. The force of it might drive your orbit off course. If you continue to do this, you might eventually free yourself from your true nature altogether. Transforming your soul from a collective consciousness connected to a higher purpose into a single soul. You are wounded. But the injury of your flesh is simply a manifestation of the greater wound in your soul. Whatever weapon was used to harm you, it cut through to your abstract. You are bleeding internally. We can help you but only if you make a choice. We can use the quintessence you are about to give us to empower your abstract, drawing in your errant orbit. Or, we can drive you away from that dying concept, scattering yourselves to the cosmic winds. Frankly, you should be dead already. Yet something, he reaches out and touches Zylos, something is keeping you alive. Perhaps in this experiment, You will come to face it.
4: So, what exactly are you saying, Gilder?
1: It sounds like they're asking whether you want to become more singular and make your own choices. Or be fully healed and be bound, almost a slave to your axes.
6: I ain't never seen no one dragged around by their blowhole so much.
4: If I... if I choose to be pulled closer to my axis what does that mean for this version of me
2: your memories here are your own all we will do is make you more yourself than you've ever been before will you be the same person
4: that's a singular concept and that the other choice is is becoming singular yes
2: However, that might affect you. But you must not decide now. For any decision you make now would be paltry in the face of the infinite. What we are going to do to you is give you the truest choice.
4: How can I be expected to decide between these two options? Now? Not at all. You could not be
2: expected any more than any of these could be expected to make that choice. But the version of you that will face this choice will know what to do.
4: That doesn't make any sense.
2: Not yet, but it will. If there's nothing else... I have a question.
1: Uh, Regardless of a choice that Penny has to make that will change the rest of her life, there is still the injury she suffered from the blade which was promised to be healed from this queen. That is exactly what
2: we intend to do. But not till the choice is made. That would be up to her. This process, whether this fragmentation of her ego or the unification of it, will fix the problem. This time, anyway. How how long do I have to decide? If you mean decide to do it, well, you don't really have a choice. You either do this or die. But decide which choice? I'd say you have an infinite amount of time to make that decision. Time means nothing in the greater expanse. Fine. I'm ready. Let's do this. He jumps off the table and begins walking towards the door.
1: I'm going to take my sacred baby blanket off of my tabard and hand it to Penny. Pageantry or not, I hope this keeps you safe.
4: What does it look like? It's got little
1: like uh, buffaloes and deers and cows on it that are all faded away. It's like brown with deep reds.
4: Cool. Noted. Penny accepts the blanket from you and clutches it tight. She looks absolutely terrified.
1: Part of you's already made this choice. I'm just afraid that this Penny, as we know it, is going to have to deal with the trial.
6: Wuxia is going to almost kneel down next to Penny to try to get level with her. And is going to get like real close to her ear. Not like directly facing it, but like almost cheek to cheek with her. Be like. You say the word, you tell me when you're ready, we'll slap the whiskers right off that cat's face.
4: (laughs) It's okay, Wusha. Gilder, it's just Gilder. And this isn't this isn't an act against us. He's just explaining it to me in in ways that I can understand.
5: Gaspar is going to move over to Penny and hand her a familiar, worn copper coin. I find that when these sort of decisions need to be made, it's a lot easier when the coin is in the air.
4: Penny smiles and takes the coin from you, raising it up with the, the baby blanket and clutching it close. But then she she pauses for a minute, as if deep in thought. Looking at the coin, she whispers, cinnamon and Cinnamon and copper. And then she walks out of the room.
2: The intervening space loses all meaning until you are standing before the wild heart. Gilder rears up and drives a claw into the heart. A single drop of heart sap lays itself upon your tongue. A tangy bite, honey sweet, gives way to musky notes which linger in your every sense. The wild heart beats in time with your own. The subtle caress of the air brightens as your nerves swell to take in the world. Pulse quickens, cheeks flush. Hot breath rolls from your lips as the tension rises. Lights and colors dance in your vision before rushing past you. Cosmic winds blow thought-soft shards of collective experience across the quivering flesh of your ego. The throbbing kaleidoscopic sheath of the real contracts as the tension builds to a fever pitch. Impossible pressure drives you ever onwards as all that was and all that will ever be bursts into ecstatic oblivion. And then nothing. And then you. Only you in the infinite. Your memories never were. The self is shed in the warm, shining light of the collective. At the heart of that warmth, something white hot. Something foreign, yet unquestionably you. It resolves. A heart. Its jagged crown drips with the lifeblood of innumerable dead. I am bound to you,
7: yet apart from you. Set me free within your light, that you may burn ever brighter in our unity.
1: I'm sorry I'm late. Air traffic has been murder with the shutdowns. That's quite alright. We attempted to contact his father, but... No, no, he isn't likely to answer. Just call me next time. Can do. How bad
3: is it? Well, his fever has subsided, but it's the cause that concerns me. What do you mean? We've taken a lot of care to prevent infections.
2: I assume you've been following the regimen to the letter? We have. What we're seeing here suggests that the curse might be spreading.
1: How?
3: I thought you had this under control. We did too. Whatever's keeping
2: his wound from healing is growing like a bacterium. We haven't been able to ascertain whether this is a side effect of the initial curse or or something that's been inflicted on him
1: recently. Are you saying someone might be doing this to him?
2: It's one possibility... We suggest you invest in some barrier spells. Perhaps hire someone to keep an eye on him while he's recovering. Of course. But, um, Lord Rasparo, with the worsening of his condition, fresh bruising after the release into your custody and your personal history, there's enough reason here to suspect abuse. The Zenithal Guard would like to speak with you. It's just a formality, of course, but it's important that we rule out every possibility. I
3: understand. We appreciate your cooperation.
4: <laughs> ooh, big, ooh, big, ooh. big, big stuff. Pulsy heart mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> y'all are I think y'all are about to learn some stuff that you didn't know. Yeah. That's always his whole thing—he's wanting to learn stuff he don't know.
6: I think Wusha is about to learn something he's never known before. This is the first time he's been on the wrong side of an Ocean's Eleven maneuver.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I—I'm really excited for that. Like, yeah, oh yeah, like kind of like dungeon defending is just very fun.
1: Yeah, the idea of a, of a, of being on the D. Mm-hmm. I, love being being on, on the d-
6: I mean, hopping i on that D. Everyone it's good. else being on the D. <laughs> <laughs> it's solid.
1: We didn't do it in the last episode outro, but we said at the start of chapters we we're going to do a quick around the table. Maybe we could
2: just throw that in on this one. Yeah, that sounds good. Every let's, now and then. let's make it happen. It's a good one for that. Let's do it. My
6: name is Max Hobbs. I play Wusha Brineborn, The Wandering Tide.
5: I'm Angelo Kalug I play Gaspar if not the Phantom Rogue of the,
4: well, the Headless Rogue
5: <laughs> of the Phantom subclass. It's been a while since I
4: said it. I am Dana Ebert, and for now, I play Penelope Farthing. Ooh. We'll, we'll see how. Don't what, say what it. a minute. We'll see what, what's going to happen. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> I knew that would get you all <laughs> nervous. Oh, shit. Uh, my name is La. I play Avos Isadora Scion to the Withering Acre.
2: Ooh, I like the addition. Uh, and I'm Zach Barkas, Dungeon Boy. I am also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. I also want to thank Sam Hediger, the editor, for editing this episode, as well as Bree Golden for the map we are going to use. Episodes go live every Monday. That's we, true. We got good shit going on. Please indulge. Please go to the website, SlapdashStudios.com or the LUQ.com. But until... Wait, no, hold on. Shit, not, not until next time. Say, we need to go around the table about the loves, all the good things. Do. I have a quick question for yeah. you, though. Do you turn
6: into a dungeon man once you have your barred Mitzvah?
2: Mhm. Mm. Sorry. Mm. that
4: was a stretch get out
2: I don't want to know your favorite moment
6: <laughs> no no he becomes
1: a dungeon man when his rocks fall and everyone dies oh,
4: oh
6: shit shit alright right. I accept I accept god any, that's so good any highlights <laughs> my favorite moment was uh, Penny and Ivo's trying to figure out what the fuck a dolphin was <laughs> that was fantastic I There's love that in this fish
5: <laughs> I think getting to know all the court is, is my highlight you know they've been hyped up. Mm-hmm. They delivered.
1: I'm glad. Big fan of the Night of Stars.
5: Um, <laughs> but having them all in a conference conference room was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I was
4: picturing it as like a like a conference room. Yeah, yeah
5: the yeah. room was <laughs> described. So yep. turned into. It I like, absolutely had the same image. Yeah, the executives there. of the round table.
4: Right. There's like a speaker in the
1: middle. Like we're like at the Double Tree Hotel, and they're just like <laughs> space gods hovering yeah. in front of us.
6: <laughs> the smell of printer ink and stale coffee. Yeah.
1: I also like how they're all like incredibly like majestic and indescribable. And then this is like a big fat drunk guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's Perfect.
1: majestic
4: too. I yes. agree.
1: I,
7: I, I am the resident drip. fat
4: guy <laughs> <laughs> and majestic. I, I do. I do like my fluffy boys, but he, he is a lot. An opera
2: about a woman? <laughs> How absurd! I was so tempted to do that voice. I'm like, no, I can't. I,
4: I like I the absolutely voice. Absolutely can't. I like. Google <laughs> knows the chocolate icing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. My favorite moment was. Uh, I so I love all the the descriptions in Kinueent so far. Uh, it's it's very much in my wheelhouse and I like it. But for me, this episode, it was the description of all the characters in the auction. Cause it was just like like rapid fire, just these really really evocative pieces of lore and like like root was his name root Mr. Root Mr. Root yeah
7: Fucking I almost
4: A-plus. wanted him to slow
1: down just so we could kind of take mm-hmm. them all in for a I'm sorry, second.
4: Sorry, should I retake them? No, no, no. Uh, I, no, I was I...
1: in the audio format. That was the right thing. I just mean me selfishly. Oh, gotcha.
4: <laughs> right. Like every single character in that auction room was just yeah. That was it. Go oh, ahead, Law.
1: Everyone stole my stuff. I was gonna. I was gonna do the <laughs> yeah,
5: fuck You, you always go auctions. last.
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes it. I have. I have the most challenging. What else, man?
5: Oh, uh, since I probably stole one of yours, but Boogle Nose execution. <laughs> was, yeah, that death. That death death by boogles is uh, pretty good. Revealing himself to be what the Joker, the, boog, the Boogle
1: Flash. No, he's the, <laughs> the Boogle Executioner. The Boogle Noose. The News.
7: Uh, <laughs> uh
2: it should be said that the fool is the mm. card of death in tarot.
5: There we go. See, I was like, it, it connects. I just am not educated. Technically the card of change, but yeah. That boogs. Your highlight? Oh, my highlight?
2: Uh, y'all stole mine. I really loved writing this stuff, and I ha- I was like in a fever dream writing it. I was just like descriptions, descriptions, cool characters, weird shit. I'm like, yeah, I love it. All um, right. as far as just like pure enjoyment goes, uh, I really love the fact that you guys each had your own personal sets of experiences, and I love the way they mixed together really well. And I just had a great fucking time.
4: Real quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I know you said there was a spa, so I assume you kind of had ideas for it. Did did you actually have stuff for the sauna, or did you improvise that terrible, terrible description? Improvised. Oh my god! Uh, improvised.
1: It's hanging meat, man. Hanging
4: yeah. meat. Jesus. Just hanging meat. Okay, I had to ask that.
2: Gotcha. Well, we'll be we'll be hanging meat uh, next week when you come and listen to this, show. huh? <laughs> what? Are we even making jerky? Just, you know, no, 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 like in a, in a
4: euphemistic way. Writing uh, right okay. checks or dicks can't cash. <laughs> 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 like, we're going to hang some meat, y'all.
2: <laughs> I want to thank everybody so much again for listening. Go to theLUQ.com for more information. Until next time, we wish you luck.